My name is Alex Barthet. I am a board certified construction attorney here in Florida. But today we're going to talk about how to get paid with your uh, for the work that you did if the job is bonded. We're going to talk about bond claim deadlines. We're going to talk about what you need to do um, with your notice of non-payment after you send it, what comes next. Um, and then we'll talk about how do you turn that bond claim into actual money? What do you have to do to get paid? As we do with all of these webinars, if you have any questions whatsoever, you can go ahead and send them. The best way to send them is through the GoToWebinar chat box, which is on your screen. Go ahead and include your question anytime during the presentation, but I just ask that you not include any names of people or companies in your question. All right, so let's get started. Let's start with the basics, which is to make sure that everyone has an understanding of what the bond claim deadlines are, because you will have no rights if you don't timely comply with the requirements of both the bond and Florida statutes regarding bond claims. <clears throat> so let's break this down into two major sections. You're either working on a job that is a public job or a private job. And in each of those situations, the job may be bonded. So if you are working on a private project, so that may be a condo tower, an office building, a warehouse, and the contractor has a bond, here are the requirements that you need to follow. If you are a subcontractor, what does that mean? That means you have a direct contract with the contractor, the general contractor, and that's the person, that's the party that has the bond. So if the contract is with the bonded prime contractor, which means you're a subcontractor, you actually don't need to send a notice to owner notice to contractor or any type of preliminary notice. I strongly recommend that you do it. Our advice to our clients is you should have a system in place in your office that any job over a certain amount of money gets, gets notice, gets notice no matter what. So maybe it's $500, maybe it's $2,500, but anytime you have a project, that is more than that number, you automatically send a notice to owner. So you don't worry about situations in which sometimes you have to send a notice, sometimes you don't. It's those nuances in the lien law that we find that people, when they try to manage them, they end up making mistakes. Um, so if you have a contract with the bonded contractor, so you're a subcontractor, you don't need to send a notice to owner. The next notice that you have to send is what's called a notice of non-payment. It is a specific form found in Florida statutes and that needs to be received by the contractor and surety no later than 90 calendar days from your last work or delivery of materials on the project. Um, you could do the notice of non-payment yourself or you can hire Sunray to do it. Um, that notice will get served via certified mail 90 days is um, not three months. It's 90 calendar days starting from the first day after your last day of work. So if I 
deliver my last pallet of materials to the job site today. Tomorrow is day one. I count all calendar days, weekends and legal holidays, all the way through the 90 days. I don't skip any days. And if the 90th day happens to land on a Saturday, Sunday, or legal holiday, then I can roll it to the next day. So if the 90th day is a Saturday, it goes to Sunday. And if Monday happens to be a holiday, it would go to Tuesday. So there are instances when you may have more than 90 days, but those are rare. Um, and it has to be received by the other side by the 90th day. So if you're putting it in the mail, certified mail, on the 89th day, it probably is not gonna make it there in time. Um, so you need to work on this early. They, obviously you could send it overnight mail, but that still also is not guaranteed. And then the last requirement is that you need to file a lawsuit on your claim against the bond no later than one year from your last delivery of materials or work on the job. So as a subcontractor on a bonded project, these are the rules that you need to make sure you follow. Now, if you are not the subcontractor, maybe you are a sub-subcontractor, a material supplier to the subcontractor, or a material supplier to the sub-subcontractor, the rules are slightly different. So step one is that if you're in that, in that category, you do need to send a notice to owner slash notice to contractor no later than 45 days from your first work or delivery of materials on the project. 45 days is the date in which that document needs to be received. You should be doing it much, much sooner than that. Um, you also need to send that, serve that notice of non-payment no later than 90 days from your last work or delivery of materials on the project. And you also need to file your lawsuit on the bond within one year of your last work or delivery of materials to the project. Let me take a minute and talk to you about this lawsuit. This lawsuit is a, it, it has to be a real lawsuit. You have to hire a lawyer. They have to file the lawsuit with the um, court and it has to be done no later than one year from your last date of work or delivery of materials to the job site. It doesn't matter what the surety may say, they're investigating the claim, they'll get back to you. You may have filled out paperwork and sent it in. None of that changes the one year deadline. So don't be fooled by thinking that um, something has happened that gives you more time than that one year. If you are a sub subcontractor or material supplier to the sub or material supplier to the sub sub, there may in fact be another bond that you can make a claim against. That is the bond of the subcontractor. There are instances in which the prime contractor may not be bonded and you may have lien rights on the project, but at the same time, the subcontractor may have a bond and you may make a claim against that subcontractor payment bond. How do you know if, if you're a sub-sub, if the subcontractor has a bond? Well, the best way to find out is to ask the general contractor. That subcontractor bond will not be recorded in the public record. 
there is no evidence of it in the court filings or in the, the public records of the county where the project's located because there's no obligation to record it. However, if you reach out to the general contractor, they will likely give you a copy because they wanna make sure that if you have a claim that you go after the subcontractor's bond, which is probably why they wanted the sub to have a bond and leave them alone. So you can make a written request to the contractor. Um, I would suggest that you start simply with asking them, maybe send them an email, but there is a formal process which you can request a copy of the bond of the sub. Um, you send that request in writing via certified mail to the contractor. You can also send it to the subcontractor and they are obligated to give you a copy of that bond. If the subcontractor has a bond, you have rights against that sub bond in addition to possibly also having lien rights or rights against the general contractor's bond. So just know that um, that, that bond may exist. We typically see it on much larger jobs where the subcontractor's contract value is very large. So the sub, so the contractor, in order to mitigate some risk, may demand that the subcontractor provide a bond. Just also know that if you happen to have messed up your dates, maybe you didn't timely serve a notice to owner, or you were late on your notice of non-payment or your lien, if the sub has a bond, even if you missed your lien or prime contractor bond deadlines, you can always go after the subcontractor's bond. Those bonds, the subcontractor bonds, are governed by whatever the terms of that bond are. That's why you need to get a copy so that you can read it and determine what you have to do to make a claim. So we talked about private projects. Let's talk about public bonded projects. A public bonded project would be a public school, a public hospital, um, but not all schools or hospitals are public, just so you know. You know, it could be a private school, it could be a um, charter school. Those aren't necessarily uh, public projects. Uh, it could be a private hospital, so that would not be a public project. Um, so just keep that in mind that not every school and hospital or, or facility that would normally seem public, it doesn't automatically mean that it's public. So assuming that you're working on a uh, state public bonded project, here are the rules if you are a subcontractor, meaning you have a contract directly with the bonded prime contract. If that's the case, you do not need to send a notice to owner. That's the document that would normally go out 45 days from your first work. It's not required if you are a subcontractor to a bonded prime contractor on a public job. Most people also don't know this, that you do not even need to send a notice of non-payment. That's the document that goes out no later than 90 days from your last work. Um, that's not required either. There's only one requirement if you are a subcontractor to a bonded contractor on a public job, and that is you have to file a lawsuit within one year of your last work or delivery of materials to the project. Now, even though I told you, you don't need to send a notice to owner or a notice of non-payment, I strongly encourage you to do so. 
you should just be in the habit of knowing that within 45, no later than 45 days, you're going to serve notice to owners. And with no later than 90 days, you're going to record a lien or serve a notice of non-payment. Um, but in the off chance that you're working on a state public bonded project, you don't need to do either of them and you would still have rights on the general contractor's payment bond. So what if you are a sub subcontractor or a material supplier to the subcontractor or a material supplier to the sub subcontractor, what do you have to do? You now need to do everything. So you need to timely serve a notice to owner no later than 45 days from your first work or delivery of materials on the project. And you need to serve a notice of non-payment no later than 90 days from your last work. And you need to file your lawsuit no later than one year from your last work or delivery of materials on the project. Also remember, just like on the public jobs, your the subcontractor, the party that you have a contract with um, or the party that stands between you and the GC, they may have a bond. And if they do, you may be able to make a claim against that subcontractor's bond. So now that we know what all the rules are and many of the exceptions, um, once you send in that notice of non-payment to the surety, what's next? What, what, what is it that they do and how do you get paid? So the first thing you need to recognize is that the notice of non-payment is only the start of the process. Um, you will typically receive a letter back from the surety telling you that they have received your claim and they need more information in order to make a decision about the claim. They may ask you to fill out a document called a proof of claim where they ask for dates of first work, dates of last work, amounts that you've been paid, amounts that you're due, and maybe some other information. They may ask for copies of your contract, um, invoices, pay requests. You can provide all of that information if you like. Um, but understand that if you are a claimant under a bonded contractor, meaning you're making a claim under the prime contractor's bond, there is no legal obligation in Florida to provide that proof of claim or to respond to any of that information. Um, you can, if you'd like, um, it doesn't necessarily hurt. Um, we typically find that sureties request this information less, um, not because they want to pay you, but because they're hoping that there's some information that you give them that is the basis of being able to deny your claim. Um, however, keep in mind that if you make a claim on a subcontractor's payment bond, you have to comply with all the requirements in the sub bond. So subcontractor bonds are not governed by Florida statutes. Specifically, they are governed by the terms of the bond, meaning Whatever that bond says that you have to do, that subcontractor bond, whatever it says you have to do, that's what you have to do in order to make a claim. So it may say, if you are making a claim on this subcontractor bond, you need to timely serve us a proof of claim. Well, if that's what it says, then that's what you have to do to make a claim on that sub bond. So keep that in mind if you are responding to a subcontractor bond 
um, request for information, uh, you will likely have to comply with all of those requirements. Um, having done this now for more than 20 years, I will tell you a few things about uh, surety claims. One, most sureties will not voluntarily pay you unless the principal has agreed to pay you first. What does that mean? Understand that surety bonds are not insurance. It's not like when you get in a car accident and you call Geico, they come, they adjust the claim, they may cut you a check for five or $10,000 for the damage to your car. Your insurance premium may go up next year, but they don't ask you to send them back the five or $10,000 that they paid you. Surety ship is different. Surety ship is an indemnity product. The surety, the bonding company, has an agreement with the bonded contractor that says, if we surety have to write a check for any amount of money, we expect you, the contractor, to pay us back all of that money. And many times the contractor has the contractor's principles, husbands and wives of the of the uh, principles sign personally. So there's personal guarantees back to the surety. So the surety is looking to be made whole. Who are they looking to be made whole from? From the contractor that they gave the bond to. So they don't want to write a check unless they know they're going to be reimbursed. So that's why I say that most sureties will not pay you voluntarily unless the principal, that's, in, that's the bonded contractor, agrees to pay you first. Now, the bonded contractor may not be willing to pay you because maybe they haven't been paid. Um, so that's why we find that most sureties don't just write a check so, so easily. Um, there are ways for the contractor and the surety to shorten the time that you have to file your lawsuit. If that occurs, there are specific legal documents that they can file. You will get them in the mail, certified mail. So just be aware that there are ways that they can shorten the time from one year down to 60 days. And one of the things that we see some sureties do is they just wait you out. Um, I told you you have one year to file a lawsuit from your last date of work. Um, we had a client who was owed about $100,000. They submitted their notice of non-payment. The surety wrote back. They filled out the proof of claim. Every few months, they would follow up with the surety. Hey, what's going on? The surety would write back, well, we're checking. We'll, you know, we got some more information. We'll be back in touch with you. And a year and a month passed. And then the surety sent a letter to my client saying, um, we've finished our review of your claim and uh, it is now time barred. We're not paying you anything. So don't be lulled into any sense of security that the surety is doing anything. You have to keep that one year deadline um, calendared so that you don't let it go past. I would say, um, you know, and that's what we're going to talk about next. Um, when will they pay you? I would strongly urge you to, to practice what I call the 60-60 rule. No later than 60 days from your last work is when you should start the process of preparing your notice of non-payment. Don't wait till day 80 or 85 or 88. Um, 
at about day 60 from your last day to work on the job, if you haven't been paid, you need to start the process of putting together that notice of non-payment. Once you submit your notice of non-payment, I would strongly encourage you for the next 60 days to hassle your customer, the surety, call them, send emails, write letters, show up in people's offices, be really um, persistent in your effort to get paid. But if after those 60 days, you have been unable to achieve um, any significant headway, that's when you should call a construction lawyer to start the collection process. Um, we find that the claims that are brought closer in time to when the notice of non-payment was sent typically resolve better and faster for our clients than those where they wait 11 months and two weeks before they call us, um, right before the one-year deadline strikes. Project managers would have moved on. Um, people may have uh, left the jurisdiction. People may have died. And uh, documents may have uh, disappeared, have been deleted. As more time passes, your claim typically um, gets harder and harder to prove. So we suggest doing it sooner rather than later. Um, and except for business reasons, I would not delay in pursuing your claim. Now you may say, well, it's only a $10,000 claim and I've got a $100,000 project, a million dollar project with this contractor. I'm not gonna do anything yet. I'm gonna wait as this other project goes on. That's fine. That's a valid business reason to wait. But if you don't have a good valid business reason to wait, I would suggest that you pursue your claims sooner rather than later. Um, so with that, uh, again, if you have any other questions, send us an email, give us a call. Otherwise, everyone have a wonderful afternoon.